is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 22 of the Sophie Art Podcast which is a little podcast I do each week about art and things and this one's going to be all about sacrifice and balance which is something I've been dealing with for the past few weeks especially and I thought it might make a good little podcast so that's what the topic is I think at the end of this episode I'm also going to do a little bit about another lucid dream I had because last week on last week's episode I spoke about a lucid dream where I went back into um, my childhood to try to heal something and I had another lucid dream this week which was is quite interesting so I'll put that at the end of the podcast um, but I thought I'd start with the topic, the main topic, because last last episode I kind of got it all <laughs> back to front. Oh, there was something else I was going to talk about. Uh, this might sound bonkers, but I'm going to be starting up an, the other podcast. Uh, this one is all about art. Well, it's supposed to be fully focused on art, but what I've realised is, is that a lot of things that don't seem to be art related are actually art related like today's topic of sacrifice and balance it's not really fully art focused but it's sacrifice is definitely something that is important with um, doing art and stuff so but like in the future it'd be nice if I could have more episodes which are fully uh, more focused on proper art stuff like and pencils, techniques, tips and stuff like that but what I'm going to do is I'm when I started this podcast which was about seven months ago I was going to do two podcasts which was this art one and another one which was going to be focused on transgender stuff uh, that one might have to also be explicit I'm not sure because I'll be talking about stuff like hormones and and it's stuff that I don't think would make sense to be on this podcast on this art one so when I first started this podcast I was going to do them both together but then I thought to myself that might be too much and I didn't want to commit to two things at once and also I didn't know if I was going to enjoy doing podcasts so I I thought what I would do is I'd get this art one done first and if I enjoyed making podcasts and stuff like that then I would bring the transgender one in later so it feels like now is quite a good time especially with all the things that's going on with my transition and stuff it feels like now is quite a good time to um, start putting the transgender one out so I'm going to record the first episode after this one um, I'm not sure if the um, transgender one will be out this week or next week but it's probably going to be going up on a, on a Wednesday so this art one goes up on a Sunday and the transgender one will go up on a Wednesday and you'll be able to find that at beingsofree.com um, but I thought I would just mention it on this podcast because and well what I said at the time was that that's going to be I see that as like a sister podcast to this one but I said it's more like a trans sister which I thought was quite funny but it's not <laughs> um, talking of sisters I had this idea that I might because I I really do like podcasts where you have multiple people like talking. I think 
they can be a bit more exciting and stuff. So I was thinking about um, asking my sister if she would be do an interview for the, the podcast. So I'm going to try and do that quite soon. Um, just talking about things, because she's a bit um, arty as well. She makes little um, like stuffed animals and stuff. So I'm going to try and get her on the podcast in the future. Um, I think that would be quite fun. And then that could also be sort of like practice for maybe a future co-host or guests and stuff like that. So that's a bit of what's coming up. Um, I think I'll dump, jump, <laughs> I think I'll dump, I think I will jump into the topic now, which is something I've really been struggling with, um, and I've been thinking a lot, so much, I've been thinking so much about it, that I wanted to do a podcast about it, because what I've realised is, is, um, sometimes when I do these podcasts, they're almost like therapy sessions, where I'm, I'm talking to myself, and I'm almost talking about topics that I'm struggling with and by talking about them sometimes I I seem to make sense of things and when I listen back to them I sort of think I, it, it just helps me make sense of things so I'm hoping that this might happen with this topic and it's to do with sacrifice and balance and it's going to be covering things like um, video games because I spoke about that last week as well, how I think I need I think I need video games in my life. So that's the main place where this sacrifice thing has come from. But if I go back in time a little bit, um, in 2013 when I started drawing, my desire to get as good as I could at drawing was so strong that it was stronger than like um, anything else. And I, I just decided that I had to sacrifice everything. So what I did was, I slowly started sacrificing all these things I didn't think were going to get me closer to being as good as I could as an artist. Um, and that was like watching TV, uh, playing video games. Oh, and Formula One, that was another one. Because I love Formula One and I used to be obsessed with it. I had to watch every practice session and everything. But if you watch everything to do with F1 on a weekend, it ends up working out about like 10 hours or something. And I just thought to myself, I love Formula 1, but 10 hours each week is 10 hours I could spend like practicing art or something. So I actually was able to sacrifice watching Formula 1 live. And all I did was I started watching the highlights on um, YouTube and stuff. So that was one thing I did, which I've still kept to, um, and that was the first time, that was one of the first times when I realised that I actually could sacrifice things, because some of these things are, if you've been doing something for so long, like for instance playing video games, it, it almost seems, it almost feels impossible to be able to sacrifice them, and I imagine it's what somebody who's trying to quit smoking must feel like there, there's a, like a voice in you that's um, well with like playing video games there was always a voice in me that was saying play the video games but actually um, it wasn't as hard as I thought after the first few weeks but with what I've noticed is with 
something like drawing or painting, doing the website, anything that requires, anything that's a skill that you want to try to get really good at. I feel like you are going to have to sacrifice things for it, but where the balance thing comes in is I've noticed in the past that if, if I go and sacrifice, like I'm the sort of person who's all or nothing, which is something I'm trying to work on and that's where the balance comes in. So like if I play video games, in the past I would go all in playing video games and sort of become obsessed with them. So I went to the extreme of getting rid of them so that I didn't have any video games. But if video games are part of what you enjoy doing, I'm starting to feel like you can't fully sacrifice it because what I noticed was over the past few years, having not played video games for ages, they just started to, the feeling of playing video games started to come back. and. You, you can resist it, but I feel like the best thing, this is, I guess everyone is different, but I feel like the best thing to do is to try to, or I'm trying to work out, is the best thing to do to get rid of like, anything that like that, like video games, and like um, practice the art of discipline to say no, and just not play any video games at all, or... Is it better to allow yourself a little bit of video games and then maybe use them as like a treat or something that you look forward to? So, because what I did do for a few months, actually I think it was about half of last year, what I did was um, every Saturday night I would allow myself two hours to play video games and that worked out really well. But then when I started up this podcast... I needed a couple of hours to put the podcast together and the only like, bit of time I could find was a Saturday night when I was playing video games. Um, so I've been thinking about this a lot, trying to work out if... because I've, I've got this feeling again that I want to give up and get rid of all my video games again but then I don't want to get rid of them all to, in a month's time, start having the feeling that I, I need a little bit of them again. So at the moment I'm not doing anything and I haven't actually played any video games since last weekend so it's been a week and I actually don't need to play video games. That's something I've realised. I, ha- I am able to sacrifice them but it's not whether I can sacrifice them. It's whether I should be in terms of if it's, if it's going to create the best, like healthiest life. If it's going to create balance basically. So... If I start playing video games, even that two hours a week, sometimes I feel guilty for spending two hours a week playing video games. So I think it's a mind thing. If I could just say to my mind, I allow you two hours a week to play video games and that's okay. And then sort of use that as like a treat. So you could say, if during the week you do all these things which are going to help you become a better person or better artist, if you do those things, then I will allow you to play video games on on a Saturday for two hours. Not only do you then look forward to playing the video games, what I noticed last year was it, it motivated me to do these other things because I knew that I would be rewarding myself with video games. So 
that's the first thing. Um, but then other things like TV and things like that, which to me, like with video games, I find like they are quite inspiring to me because the amount of times I play a video game and um, a character will be really so so amazing that I think I want to draw them. So I feel like video games are a way for me to get inspired and stuff. But with stuff like the TV, to me, for me personally, there's nothing really positive about that. Um, and giving up watching TV was one of the best things I ever did. And it, I noticed that my, I became a lot more positive once I stopped watching TV. So that one was quite hard to stop at the start. Um, but once I'd done it, it's I would never go back to that. So I think some things are worth sacrificing fully. And I think it's if it's a negative thing. And it, I think you can feel that. It's all about a feeling, really. So if it feels negative, then it's definitely something to sacrifice. Whereas if it's something that you feel guilty playing, and maybe it's something that could be addictive, like a video game, I don't think that should be fully sacrificed. At least for me, I think the best thing for that is to get some sort of, like I say, balance. Um, so what I noticed was this is very much like uh, with my transition. So for a number of years, I was in denial of being transgender. And I would either, I would go for these periods of going all in and accepting myself. And then I would feel guilty and I would totally try to deny it. And then the more I tried to deny it, the more I needed I needed it, which then made me swing back to going all in again. And it was this, for years, it was this pendulum swinging back and forth. And now I've managed to find a place of balance with my gender by just accepting who I am. And I, I feel like this is the same thing with video games. So, but then at the same time, like I'm saying... I can also see that you have to sacrifice. <laughs> this podcast is crazy. I guess what I'm trying to say is, when you're trying to do something like improve a skill, like become a better artist, something you have to accept is that you have to sacrifice. But what I think I'm learning is, you have to be careful of what you sacrifice. Because what I did was I sacrificed everything that wasn't to do with drawing. But then that ends up with something missing. So even though you're spending all your time drawing, you can just feel that there's something missing. And I believe you need to have balance, which means it's almost like that thing of work hard, play hard. It's like have put all your energy into improving your art skills or improving your life which is what I'm trying to do at the moment but don't forget to play I guess that's the thing um, sacrifice things that are bad and get rid of them which is obviously easier said than done but what I have noticed is that if it is a bad thing like for me watching TV once you sacrifice it 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 will never come back because it's just not something you need. It's something you think you need, but you don't. Because it's because it's a negative thing, you just don't need it. So that won't come back. But if you sacrifice something that you need, 
which you think is a bad thing, which like for me is video games, that will come back and then you will be out, out of balance. But um, this is where it gets a bit confusing because then you feel like you're out of balance. You don't want to go back to the video games because you've made yourself believe they're bad. And a lot of people like think video games are bad so you start believing that. But then you're, there's something inside of you telling you that you need them. So you start having this sort of conflict inside. And then you go back to them and you start feeling guilty even though you're not playing them very much. They're in your mind now because you're thinking, should I be playing them? So even though you're not playing them that much, you're, you're now thinking about them, <laughs> trying to work out if you should be playing them. So this is a bit of a mental thing, but like, I guess the moral of this story, I guess the moral of this story for me is it's to be an artist or to improve your skills as an artist or anything like that you have to sacrifice and that might be for you going out with friends or something luckily for me I've never really been I'm more of an introvert so that's kind of a blessing in a way in that I don't really need to be around people that much um, so everyone is different but you will have to sacrifice some things um, that's, that's something but like I say, I think you also need to make sure you're not sacrificing. You have to sacrifice the bad things and, I guess, cut down on the good things that aren't directly getting you closer to being an artist. But then in that way, they are. Because like, I might go and play a video game for two hours and it might just recharge my batteries um, inspire me and then when I go back to my art it actually helps my art but then this is where the balance comes in if I was to go and sit and play a video game for 10 hours I might end that 10 hour session and feel like I've wasted my time and then that's then put me into a negative mindset so it, I think what I've realized right right now is this requires discipline it requires discipline to sacrifice things that you know are bad and it requires discipline to, to cut back on the things that are not bad but are not 100% things to do with, with the thing you're trying to improve. Um, I hope that makes sense. So that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, and I went through a period this week where I I momentarily thought about getting rid of all my games again and then I just said I'm not going to do that because I've done that before and it just I can't keep doing that. Oh and then another thing is because I spent a year not playing video games um, even though I had the system even though I had the system I was only playing video games for like two hours a week so what that done what that achieved, what that did for me during the week was it made me think to myself I can have I can keep this system and not play it. It's another mind thing. As long as you as long as you know that because you know that you don't need to play it because you've you've proven to yourself before that you can have discipline. Um so even though you're struggling at the moment, because you've done it before, it kind of helps you now. I guess this one should also be about discipline really. Yeah. 
sacrifice and discipline maybe sacrifice and discipline equals balance um, and I think this whole thing is about balance because again if you go all in on your art which is what I did for a couple of months um, at the start of this year you well I ended up getting burnout and it's it's just I guess I think I feel like I feel like if you go all in on something and sacrifice everything else you can risk getting burnout but at the same time you do have to sacrifice stuff so it it is a really complicated one this and I think it just requires getting a piece of paper and listing out um, everything that you want to achieve and then working out what you have to do to achieve that and for me the, the thing that confuses me a bit more at the moment is it's not just to do with my art because I'm trying because I'm doing a lot of stuff with my transition stuff I'm having to in a strange way sacrifice my art in order to um, like improve my transition so even my art has now become something that I've had to sacrifice in order to get this other thing better which is my transition to become who I really am but I'm doing that because I believe that once I've reached a nice place with that I'll be able to go back to my art and won't be distracted it's it's almost the same thing with the video games it's that if I go all in on the art um, I'm not going to be able to do my transitioning as, as successful so I'd fall out of balance with who I actually am whereas if I go all in on who I am then I won't have the art <laughs> so I would be missing something so even even the art and the transition is a balancing act it's, this is what I'm saying everything is like a, a balancing act and that's probably been one of the hardest things for me the past year or so well actually from I would say 2016 the hardest thing for me has been that I, I did make a decision to sacrifice the amount of learning I was going to do with my art because I knew that this transition was going to require a lot of, of effort so I struggled with that for quite a while and then I accepted it um, and like I say once I accepted it it was a lot easier I guess I'm now starting to fall back into my art because I'm finding a, mo a lot more peace with who I am I can almost feel that I can go back to my art now so it's just this con a constant balancing act if I'm conf if it sounds confusing it's probably because I am a bit confused about it all um, but like I say um, it definitely requires uh, something else that I've noticed uh, something that really helped me was actually visualizing so what I did at the very start was when I needed to give up playing video games and um, watching TV and stuff what I what I did was I made the thing I wanted to do which was improve my art skills I made that more important and more emotionally <laughs> exciting I guess I had to attach uh, had to attach an emotion to it that was really powerful and I needed I needed that emotion more than I needed the emotion of watching TV or something and then that somehow that just allowed me to 
give up watching TV and stuff because I knew that I was doing something else that would give me a much better feeling in the long term. So that definitely helps. And something else that I've also noticed is because I've recently been giving up eating chocolate and stuff and that I found a lot easier than I thought by saying no. All I had to do, all I have to do is say no. But you have to say no before you get the chance of saying yes. So for instance, if I'm say I was going say I went into a shop and I saw a chocolate bar and it's my favourite chocolate bar, so like it's say a mint arrow. If I see that mint arrow I can say yes or no, but you've now given yourself the option of saying yes. So it becomes much harder to say no because you've you've seen it and you can say yes. Whereas if you don't even go into the shop, if you say no to going into the shop, then you don't even give yourself the chance to say yes. So that's what that's something else I've been doing at the moment. And that's helped quite a lot. But what I think is you won't be able to do that forever because at some point you will have to go into the shop. And at that point you would have to say no when you could say, when you can see the chocolate bar. But what I think is the more you say no before you even go into the shop, the more you're going to be um, excited with yourself and proud of yourself for saying no. That when you then go into the shop, and you see the chocolate bar you won't say yes because you've now got yourself used to saying no um, and that's what's happening with me with these chocolate bars <laughs> and I know it's only chocolate bars but what I think is if you can do it with chocolate bars and stop yourself eating chocolate again like I said before because you've proven to yourself you can do it with chocolate bars which is kind of a little insignificant thing it just all adds up and you start thinking to yourself I think I can say no to these other things that like for instance say going out drinking with your friends or something if you knew that you had to do something with your art um, you could actually say no you'd be able to say no to that thing even though it would be a much harder thing you'd be able to say no because you've proven to yourself that you can say no with the chocolate bars so that's another thing, it's, it's all little things. I I feel like everything in life all links together and everything you do links together. So if you if I was saying yes to chocolate bars, I think that would end up somehow resulting in me not being as, as disciplined with the video games. So like this week for instance, a couple of times I have said no to playing video games and I had a couple of spare hours and instead I did my meditation, I was reading some lucid dreaming books and I was watching a couple YouTube videos about lucid dreaming and I did that um, during a couple of hours when I could have played video games and that has actually helped improve my lucid dreaming because at the moment lucid dreaming is the thing I'm most um, invested in even more than my art and stuff so I, th I feel like by saying no to the chocolate bars over the past week or so, it's allowed me to say no to these video games, which allowed me to say yes to studying lucid dreaming, which then 
improved my lucid dreaming skills and actually resulted in one of these very powerful healing lucid dreams which I'll talk about now actually it's what I said about at the start of the podcast so last week I spoke about how I was trying to go back to uh, a childhood where I got strangled and I'd been for years trying to work out um, where a lot a lot of my limiting beliefs I'm sure they were are linked to that situation but every time I try to talk about it with my therapist that moment has been blanked out it's like a traumatic event that I just can't remember what's what I was feeling or anything during that period um, I can't even remember how long that strangling happened I don't know when it when the date was I know it was in 1993 I was 13 so anyway I thought to myself last week um, no a couple of weeks ago I thought why don't I try to go into a lucid dream and relive this child abuse like getting strangled so I spoke last week about the first time I tried to, um, I was successful in doing that and then during this week I had I actually had another one which was a series of I think three lucid dreams with a couple of false awakenings so lucid dreams are where you become aware that you're dreaming and you can start manipulating the dream so for instance you can start bringing things into the dream and false awakenings are they, these are really mad these are where you you're dreaming and you wake up and you feel like you've woken up so you're just going about your daily life and then all of a sudden you realize something's not right and you, you realize that you're still dreaming and that's really mad because you it really messes with your head because you you're convinced you're dreaming no you can, you're convinced you're awake but you're dreaming and it's it's this really surreal feeling it's it's very strange but sometimes you have them where you you wake up but you're still dreaming you think you've woken up but you're still dreaming so you wake yourself up only to realize you're still dreaming and these these can go on for a number of times and with this last lucid dream i had three false awakenings with two lucid dreams so the first lucid dream i found myself in another house from my childhood which is where I moved to after the strangling and um, I was in that house and I realised I was dreaming so I knew I was lucid and I had put the um, intention in my head before I went to sleep that I wanted to go to this other house where I got strangled so in the dream because I knew I was in the wrong house I walked out the house and decided to walk to the the house I wanted to be in and in trying to go to the other house I had a false awakening but during this false awakening when I realized I was dreaming I started to get this weird imagery where I saw this I saw these weird shapes like spinning shapes but there was also this um, like figure of a man with a hat very faint and I focused on this man with a hat um, and I was able to make that image clear crystal clear and then I was still lucid so I said to myself I'm going to unmask this I'm going to unmask the bloke with the hat and as I said that it was as if there was a studio audience with me in the dream and everyone started going everyone started clapping and saying yay as if 
you're gonna you're gonna fight you're gonna unmask this person as if they was excited and then there's a, another bunch of people who sort of went ooh as if this could be quite scary <laughs> but I unmasked the I unmasked him by taking his hat off and it actually ended up being the boyfriend who it ended up being my mum's boyfriend who was the person who did the strangling so I'm now in a lucid dream face to face with this person who strangled me um, and what I did was I strang I started strangling him in the dream and then somehow it spun around and I was now him strangling me as a child and I could feel and I can still feel now thinking about it I could feel my little child's neck in my hands because I they were obviously his hands so I was him and me at the same time I could I could feel like my neck being strangled and then the child in the dream fell to the floor which is what happened and then as this bloke I ran out the door which is also what happened um, but my the weird thing is my mum wasn't there in this dream at all in and she was in the she was with my boyfriend with my mum's boyfriend at the time so it was a bit weird she wasn't in the dream but I was I was now him running out of my old childhood house and I was I felt really powerful as if I felt really powerful but I could feel how how fragile that little child was which was also me and I wasn't I I'm not that bloke who did the strangling but I felt how powerful he must have felt doing that and I almost felt quite evil and I as I went out the house the whole of my old street my whole my childhood street was filled with um candles like lit candles and I looked up at the sky and it was full of fire fireballs almost as if like hell had come to earth or something um and running around the street were loads of what looked like zombie children on fire but I wasn't scared at all and because I was lucid I remembered that you're supposed to go up to the the thing of energy whatever's got the most energy in a dream that's where you can get the most wisdom so um, I walked over to one of these like zombie children and I picked them up right in front of me and I said to this um, zombie child what do you represent and what they looked like they wasn't actually children they were they were weird they were like dollies made out of fabric which were on fire um and they, they were like flopping about again as if they were quite fragile and i said what do you represent and this dolly then this little dolly said we represent because there was loads of them she said we represent child abuse and as she said that i threw the dolly into the air and all the other dollies they started going yay as if we represent child abuse. Let's celebrate child abuse. <laughs> Very strange. And then I looked across the street and there was this lady who stood out because everybody else was like a zombie child. But she was like a zombie woman. Um, and I said to her, what do you represent? And then suddenly she got on top of me and she said, I re she said something like, I represent man's um, desire for love or or sex or something and i could tell that if i stayed there she probably would have started having sex with me so i just said this isn't me 
Um, and then that dream, I woke up from that dream into another false awakening. Um, and then that went into another dream. And I was now back in the house that I'd been in before, not the house where the child abuse was, but the, the other house, um, which my mum never lived at, but I was in her bedroom in that house, even though that didn't happen. And she wasn't in her bed, but I knew it was her bed. And I, so I walked out of the room, I started shouting at this little girl, which made me feel really upset and I said sorry to her. But I said, I walked back into the bedroom and I said, when I walk into this bedroom, my mum's gonna be in this bedroom. And I walked back in and somebody was under the covers. So I went over to the covers and pulled the covers back. Um, and again, I'm lucid at this point and I'm trying to find this person who I know is my mum. But as I pulled the covers back, her feet were at the top. So she had moved herself around to hide herself. And I started trying to get to her face, but she, she started moving as if she was trying to avoid me. And finally, I managed to um, pin her on the bed and pull the covers back and she was actually fast asleep and I had this brief period of thinking I could strangle her um, but I just said out loud no I love her and instead of strangling her I, I kissed her now this is where it gets a little bit weird and I don't really know what this means but as I kissed her she opened her eyes but her two eyes had become one so she only had one big eye in the middle of her head and I just looked at her thinking well I just felt really happy I don't know why and then I woke up from that and I managed to fully wake up and I, and I wrote all these dreams out just like the last time when I dreamt about this um, strangling I just found myself crying as I wrote about it but it wasn't like horrible crying it was it was quite nice crying um, so again, I feel like something was happening during that, and I felt a lot better since that. And yeah, I, as I've thought about it, I've started thinking like me becoming the person doing the strangling allowed me to feel what I must have been feeling. Um, it also allowed me to feel what he must have been feeling, and it made me feel. It made me realize how much more powerful he was to me. Oh, and something else that happened was I woke up saying, was, I don't know if this was another dream, but I woke up saying, um, I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was in that dream. I woke up saying, I haven't done anything wrong. And I thought, why am I saying that? And then when I thought about it, because my mum had said, I think I might have said this last week, I can't, I'm a bit confused when I, when this happened, but, um, I realised that I haven't done anything wrong, so there's no need for me to feel guilty for being strangled. Um, so that helped a lot as well. And like, all these things, these things are just helping me um, come to terms with whatever happened there. And I feel like I'm just letting it go. So it's helping me a lot. And I actually went for some more Reiki healing a couple of days ago, and I spoke to this lady who does the Reiki healing, she's a psychic, and I spoke to her about all of this, and I don't, I can't remember what she said, but she made me start to realise that I'm sort of looking in the wrong place for answers, and the, what I've realised is the place I should be looking at is the place where my dream has been taking me, which is this house 
that came after the strangling. So in, I've been, the amount of, I've had so many dreams in this house, which I've, I've kept thinking to myself, why am I dreaming about this house? Like there's, there's no reason for me to be dreaming about this house. It's been a bit random, but this, I've started to realize that I've actually got to dream, I've got to go into that house and ask questions about what happened in that house which is when I moved in with my dad because I think there's something in that house which is linked to some of my limiting beliefs which I thought were to do with my strangling but I realised by going into these lucid dreams and looking at this child abuse I've realised that my limiting beliefs are not directly linked to that issue and my this um, wacky healer she actually allowed me to see that, that I was looking in the wrong place. And the funny thing is, the dream has been showing me exactly what I needed. But I've been so focused on trying to deal with the other thing, that I was not even looking at what the dream was telling me. <laughs> and so, for instance, last night, like I said, I had about 20 odd dreams. I actually had a couple of dreams in this, this new house, which is the house that's kept coming into my dreams. And some of my dreams last night were the most happiest dreams I've ever had. And it's because I was remembering that in that house, I had at the time a, a little stepbrother. And again, we were playing video games. We, we used to have so much fun together. We were, and what I've realized is, is that we were helping each other. So it's starting to make me realize that um, we need people in our life because it's people who have the power to help us really and I've just started realizing that he has something important it's like I'm still trying to work this all out but last night was amazing because we were teaming up and working together and I, I can't wait to have more dreams now to because I want to I haven't had a lucid dream of him yet but when I do I'm going to ask him some questions like I'm going to ask him what he represents and It'll be quite interesting to see what he says. So, this past few weeks has been has been really interesting with my dreams, um, and it's also been playing into my waking life because I've been a lot more aware. Like, oh, and it's I am convinced that this life is some sort of dream because some of the things that have been happening this week you could not make up, and it's all been things to like show me that I need to improve my waking awareness so like as an, a random example um, on Friday morning when I was working I kept having this feeling that I was getting in everybody's way and the more I thought that the more I started creating situations where I was in everybody's way but I was I was aware of the fact that I was uh, I was aware of the fact that I kept thinking about this so it allowed me to sort of improve my it allowed me to sort of just um, instead of judging myself I was able to just observe and say and I, I was able to look back and say in this situation you moved this is going to sound mad but like say I was in a corridor and somebody was coming a lot to, towards me because I was thinking I'm in everybody's way I would find myself moving in a direction to put myself in their way, which is really weird, um, and it's all happening subconsciously. But I was I was observing it, 
and like a split second after I moved, I was thinking I shouldn't move there because by moving there, I put myself in their in their way. So I was creating the thing that I kept thinking I was doing. Now what's funny is um, I was able to think about this, and towards the end of the shift, I was able to like stop myself doing that. I was able to sort of intercept it, but then because I do two different jobs, I went to this other job, and I'm walking onto the ferry, and what's the chance of this is again there's somebody who's coming out wheeling a arcade machine <laughs> so they're wheeling a video game system which is something else I've been dealing with and they were wheeling it right towards me now had I been fully aware what I should have done was I should have walked backwards slightly and allowed them to get off of the ferry with this arcade machine but instead because I thought to myself, oh no, I'm going to get in their way here. I I rushed towards them to try to get through the gap, which was really small. Um, I tried to like rush to get out of their way, but I ended up putting myself in their way. And that was one of those things, I started laughing because I thought, this is the universe. It's not only is it putting somebody with an arcade machine in my path, which how random is that? It's also an arcade machine which is a video game system, which is something else I'm trying to deal with. So it's when things like that happen that I just think to myself, the universe is, the universe has got an insane sense of humour. Um, there's something else that it did once when, because um, I was, I used to have this problem of rushing around at work. I felt like I had to rush. Um, and one of these quotes that's really helped me with that is, somebody said, when you rush, you delay when you take your time that's when you speed up so I went through a few months last year where my awareness was on trying to slow down to stop myself rushing and one of the things I did because at the time I was also very paranoid about my bald patches on my head um, and this was when I just stopped wearing wigs and stuff um, at the time I don't think I was still going to work as Kevin so I, I wasn't um I wasn't going as Sophie, so it, but um, I was still quite paranoid about my bald patches, and I had, I have um, one like uh, the front left and front right of my head. So what's funny is, the universe obviously knows that I had this thing about that, and I just sort of made peace with these um, patches on my head. I just made peace with it, but I rushed through the warehouse to get something. And I smacked my head into this concrete pillar. So firstly, it's I learned in that issue I learned in that incident that you know if you're rushing you're gonna you're gonna actually hurt yourself. So that was one thing. Also I learned that I didn't have the awareness of the concrete pillar, because if I did I would have made sure my head was lower. But what's really funny is I bashed my head into the pillar and it really hurt and I sort of put my finger up to my head a big and I'm talking about an inch of skin come off of my head with a load of hairs on it and when I looked in the mirror it was directly in <laughs> when I looked in the mirror it was it was literally right in the middle of one of these um, like ball patches but just to the just to the back of it so it's where there was like there were still bits of hair there. So what ended up happening was, 
by that bit of skin coming off, which is not going to grow back, the hair doesn't grow back there, it's actually made that little bald patch a bit big, a bit bigger. So I just started laughing because I thought, Universe, you are incredibly funny, because what's the chances of it being that spot? And there's just so many examples of that where the universe, like, just, it's, it's what people call the trickster. The universe is insanely funny. I've noticed that. It's got like a sick sense of humour. Um, but that was one of those moments that sort of, I learnt a lot in that incident because, and actually that piece of hair and skin coming off my head also helped me um, be at peace with these ball patches a lot more. I'm still not where I want to be with those. I'm still working on those, but that incident helped a lot. And I, well, whenever I'm in that warehouse now, I'm always fully aware of that concrete pillar. So it's improved my awareness. And I also don't rush anywhere near like I used to. I've, I've actually slowed down a lot in my job, which is really good. So I learned a lot. I don't know where that came from, but um, I learned a lot in that incident. And a similar thing is happening with these lucid dreams where by going into the lucid dreams it's actually improving my awareness during the day which by improving my awareness during the day also helps my awareness at night so it's just this loop whereby you're getting better in the in the dream state and you're also get, getting better in the waking state so it's quite nice how that's happening again that really comes back to balance I think everything is to do with balance so this podcast is quite a, I think this is the longest podcast I've done so I better bring it to an end um, I think that's it really I hope you enjoyed this episode it's another one where I feel like I sort of was talking without thinking if that makes sense so I was just trying I'm still trying to work out um, things to do with sacrifice and stuff I'm definitely going to do another podcast in about this in the future because um, I do feel like it's sacrifice and balance are key. So that's this week's podcast. You can find show notes at sofreeart.com and if you have any questions or anything like that you can email me at sophie at sophielawson.com and I'll get back to you. And I think that is it. All that's left is this week's inspirational quote, which is another unknown, and it goes like this. (laughs) To truly grow, you have to be willing at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you can be.